Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Hello and welcome back into another edition of Cardinals Corner 2 in 1 week. That must mean we've got some special news and it does mean we have some special news. Cardinals hired a new head coach so Tyler Drake and myself Eric Ruby had to hop on and react to his press conference. Tyler, since you are Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter, you were there in the flesh in person talking asking questions to Jonathan Gannon. What was your first key takeaway from a big press conference day on Thursday? Yeah, I think for me, the first big takeaway is that he was just confident. He, for a first-year guy, first-year head coach, he came in and, and really talked with confidence. You could tell he wasn't, you know, he knew what he wanted to say. He wasn't hemming and hawing and trying to beat around the bush on questions. He actually, you know, wanted to give more, it seemed like, on, on his answers and just overall, just a confident dude seems like he really has a plan or at least a blueprint of what he wants this team to look like and he's ready to go i think uh that's the other thing i could say he was juiced uh didn't really you couldn't really see it but just the way he conveyed himself and and spoke you could tell that he was ready to get to work and it was cool to see all the players there i mean there's probably 10 12 players uh, a ton of of them agents a ton Uh, of them he was one yeah so i mean that alone and and here's the thing a lot of them were offensive guys so I think he's already starting to command the room. So that's that's all you can want out of a first-year guy this early into his new job. I mean, that's what you would have to hope for for your replacement of Cliff Kingsbury is somebody who can come in and just kind of have that gravitas that, oh, okay, we might actually be all right. And the Cardinals posted a couple videos of him interacting um, with some players afterwards, being introduced to the likes of Will Hernandez, talking to James Conner, reuniting with Zach Ertz, talking to Kyler Murray. And he basically said, man, they were asking me, why would I take this job? It's not often that you get a job with a franchise quarterback attached to it. So he's he's making his ends there. He he was excited to, to, to see Kyler once he got the job. He went out of his way to talk to all of the players. And while that is very basic stuff, he still did it. He still checked that box. And that confidence was definitely on display, Tyler, from one of the questions that you asked where it was a pretty common question that got a little bit of weird feedback from people, but it's like a question that's always asked, and it's why do you think you're the right guy for the job? I would say I'm the guy for the job. That's what I would say. Um, you know, just talking with Michael and Monty, uh, very excited to get started. But just what they just said, our, our vision of how we want to run the football team, uh, I would say that any job I've ever taken, there's a little light, any job I've ever taken, there's always a big-time challenge ahead of you. And I've succeeded in all those, starting from the ground floor of the business all the way up until this seat. So what I don't know about the job, I'll figure out fast, and I'll lean on the people that I can, that I can trust and lean on and uh we're gonna get it rolling and the thing that stood out to me is tyler kind of what you mentioned at the very beginning of the episode where he was giving you more he wasn't just oh i'm the right guy for the job end of quite end of answer no he said i'm the right for the guy for the job here's why i believe that yeah and i thought that was big and and i think just from what we what everybody went through what everybody watched from home of just you know the press conferences we had with Cliff, it was very short answers, uh, very vague, and this was complete opposite. And I think that's just another sign in the right direction of, hey, 
they recognize that they've got to do a complete overall, a complete flip the switch of things, and they're bringing in a guy who is completely different. Maybe in age they're a little similar, but outside of that, it's a completely different story. Offense versus defense. Cliff is, uh, you know, doesn't have a family. Gannon has a family. So all this stuff is you can tell that they just wanted to go complete opposite, and, you, and it was easy to see that in that introductory press conference. So, I mean, you've got to come away impressed. And I think the fact that a lot of people were saying, hey, maybe they got this right from just what I heard and from just even my own thoughts, like for all of the winding road of the head coaches and or the candidates, I should say, this isn't a terrible hire because – the dude seems like he really has it together, even though he's a first-year guy doing this for the first time. You know, something that I think it would be better if people kind of just realized across the world is that sometimes necessarily experience in a certain position does not mean that somebody's going to perform better at it. There are people across the NFL who have held positions longer than Jonathan Gannon who would not be the right fit for head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. There are coaches who have already been head coaches who would not be the right fit for the Arizona Cardinals. So he definitely has done what he could do coming up to now. I'm not ready to say, yeah, they got the higher right. Yeah, they got the higher wrong. You know, it's the press conference. It's the first day out there. But... He didn't screw it up. It reminds me a little bit of um, Kenny Dillingham for ASU. Um, just, oh, that's just a good one. The 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 vibe of it, you know. He's coming in and he's like, "Yeah, I'm young, but I'm in charge. I'm the one who's driving things, but I'm also a listener." And that really caught me because he says listen and has talked about listening to players a ton. He also gave a couple pillars for what he's going to build this team around. Adaptable, violent, explosive, and we're going to be smart. And the word that everybody is gravitating towards, Tyler, is (laughs) violent. Do you like it? I mean, it's a violent sport. It's a violent game. I don't necessarily think he means go out there and put somebody in the ground and like bury them and murder them. I think it's more so about, hey, play to the standard of what this game asks for. I think that's really what it comes down to is give your all every single snap. Make sure you're the guy getting to the ball. Make sure you're the hungriest guy out there. I think that's kind of what he meant by that violence. Gannon was making the rounds on Thursday. He ended up on Wolf and Luke right after his press conference, and in classic Wolf fashion, uh, they asked him to expand on what he meant by playing with violence. We have a very specific way that we grade violence. This is a violent physical game. We have a standardized process of how we do that. That will be explained to everybody that puts on a jersey, and they'll have to uphold that standard or they won't be here. All right. He didn't give actual details as to how they grade it and how they keep track of it, but the fact that they have like this process or this system of ranking violence is so interesting to me. I wonder if that's something that a lot of NFL teams have or if that's like a, a, a Gannon specialty. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, well, it, you know, it almost reminded me of kind of like a Dan Campbell with the Lions. Maybe it's uh, kind of that old to new wave now again of like, hey, we've got to, it's a violent sport. We got to, we've got to play into it. So I, I kind of see that's when he said that, that was kind of the first comparison I had was the Lions and just their head coach. And I mean, look at them. They, they've kind of turned things around. They didn't make the playoffs, but they probably should have this past year. So that's a good sign. People were <laughs> excited about the Lions. That's, Way more than you can ask for if you're the Lions. And if people end this season being excited about the future of the Arizona Cardinals, then Jonathan Gannon had one hell of a first year. Because the, the way that things are stacking up now, despite, I mean, 
just rampant changes coming throughout the organization. When needed, you have to give credit to Bidwell on that. Because after Gannon's been hired, after the firing of Kingsbury, the mutual parting of ways of Steve Keim, they're also uh, informing Vance Joseph that they're releasing him from his contract. We're going to talk a little DC and OC search in just a couple of minutes. They're also losing their uh, wide receivers and associate head coach Sean Jefferson. That came out earlier today. It really feels like it's just a completely new era for Arizona. And I, I've said that so many times for the Suns, for the Cardinals. But if they can go into the season with a definite game plan, which it seems like Gannon has, he's allowed to mold his staff however he wants, even if that means getting rid of guys that the players like. The players liked Vance Joseph. They even fought for him. The players liked Sean Jefferson. You could tell in hard knocks by the way he carried himself. But it's Gannon's show now. And Gannon's going to run it the way that Gannon wants to run it. And if he can get people excited about this team, that's the most successful season the Cardinals have had in a very, very long time. And I'm not even talking about the actual wins of it. Yeah, yeah, no. And and first off, you know, VJ and Sean, I thought those two guys were, were two of the better coaches on that coaching staff. I've, I've, Sean Jefferson was awesome. I think Hard Knocks really showed how awesome that dude was as a coach and as a mentor to the, you know, wide receivers, even Hopkins, who, you know, I don't think he needs a mentor, but just him being able to talk with him. And then, yeah, Vance Joseph, awesome dude with us, uh, Sean as well. Whenever we got to talk to him, very cool. So hopefully those guys land on their feet somewhere. Hopefully they get a, a job elsewhere. I think Vance will. Oh, that, that, there's no doubt in my mind those two guys yeah. will be employed by NFL Vance teams. they running for what, the, the Broncos? Corey, that'd be a wild thing. But I think Broncos the Eagles as maybe. well. I think that he was and rumored Eagles, yeah, with the that'd Eagles. Be, that'd be an interesting flip. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Just a, just a trade? Yeah, it's just basically a trade. And and yeah, that's it's just that's the nature of the NFL. I think I think when Gannon got hired, we saw that kind of coming with Vance is of hey, you know, he's probably gonna go elsewhere, just a defensive minded guy. Uh I know I think Lou Anna Anna Rumo said that or was reported that if he got the job that Vance could have stayed, but uh, you know, they Gannon wants to do it his way and he as he should, clean slate it, and that's really what it looks like. I think we're going to see a lot more of these, you know, coaches from the old regime start getting let go, or at least it's going to start getting reported. So uh, I think we're going to get a whole new overhaul of coaching staff. Here's an interesting thought. One that literally just popped into my mind. I know that the, you know, the talk has been, you know, Gannon's been the guy, blah, 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 blah. It came down between him and Anarumo and maybe Gannon came in with a lot more solid of a plan of, hey, this is who I want on my staff. I'm not keeping anybody here. Like, this is what's going to happen. Maybe Anarumo came in and didn't want to shake too many feathers. Like, yeah, you know, I'll keep Vance. I don't want to. And maybe it could be that, that Monty and that Michael were looking at this and just went, we want the guy who is confident in his own way. We And this is all speculation, but, you know, if that's, Maybe something that could bring into the deciding factor when you're talking about two really good defensive minds vying for a head coaching position. You got to go with the guy that has his own vision. And Lou Anarumo might have. He was still my top choice for the coaching job. But that could be something that I could see having people just gravitate towards Gannon in the building, not just Monty and Michael, but everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. wow, this, this guy's got it going on. This guy knows what he's doing. But Philly fans, not the biggest fan of this guy, not the biggest fan of saying this guy knows what he's doing. And I think part of that is 
this continued conversation about having a lack of a scheme. He also touched on that at Wolf and Luke. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, Tyler. 4-3, we're 3-4. Sometimes we pressure, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we play zone, sometimes we play man. That's all predicated on who we have playing our matchups and who we're playing against. I don't have a scheme. It's not my way or the highway. It's not, well, we've always done it this way. You will die if you have that mindset in the NFL today. What'd you think when you heard that? I, I, I like it. I like it. I think after what we saw these, this past season, we saw you know the, the consistent inconsistency of one scheme, and I think having that fluidity and adaptability, like he said, is going to be big. And I, I think he hit it on, I think he said exactly, of, you know, in today's league, you've got to be able to roll something out there that's fresh or roll out something that where you can adapt on the fly. So I, I really like that. I think, yeah, he got a lot of flack for saying that. And obviously when you first hear that, it's like, wait, what? The guy's just going in there blind. But no, if you're scheming, if you have a scheme per week, which I mean, it's not like he's going in there without anything. He's got something, a game plan at least. It's not like so, he, I mean, he's not having a scheme for the game. He just doesn't have a Jonathan Gannon scheme week in, week out. And I like that. Keep, keep your cards close to your vest and, and let the offense stay guessing until you roll something out there. So I, I like that. I think that's an awesome you know, little wrinkle that could go a long way, especially for a first-year guy where a lot of people might not really know what to expect coming out the gate. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. Right now, I love it on February, what's today, the 17th, the 16th? It's been a week. On, on Friday, <laughs> February 17th at 6.06 p.m., I'm, I like it. I love it. I'm all for it. But I'm not going to pretend like I don't see a world where this can come back to bite him. As high as everybody is right now on him, as great as his press conference was, if we're two to three years into this thing and the results on the field aren't speaking for themselves, I guarantee you people are going to be going back to sound bites like that and saying, maybe you should have had a scheme. And we kind of talked about this. I can't, I think, yeah, it was on the last episode earlier this week. But what does that mean for somebody like an Isaiah Simmons who maybe needs a specific scheme to thrive or to be in? Like if he's going to be continued to move around week in, week out, which it seems like he's going to. I don't know if maybe the problem wasn't that Isaiah was moved around last season. It's just that they didn't know what to do with him no matter where he was. But I am a little bit worried and maybe it's a, just a tad bit of PTSD from the prior regime. But I'm, I'm a little bit worried about oh, yeah, I don't have a scheme, everything's going to be great, we're going to adjust on the fly, like, that might not work for some players. It might not. It might, but it might not. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, I mean, that's a valid point. I think, I think that's part of his, hey, if they want to put on a Cardinals jersey, they've got to buy in. So I think that's really where that comes from, too, is like, yeah, you might not like how I do things, and if that's the case, there's the door. I think right, that's but, really what we're okay, doing. I understand yeah. that, and... I also understand that he's not saying, oh, it's, it's not my way or the highway. He's talking to players. He's figuring out you know, what's comfortable with them. And I, I have no reason not to believe him right now. So I believe him right now. But I just, I, Isaiah Simmons is kind of the case study in this for me. Because truly listening to your players and letting them do what they feel comfortable with and what they want can be a great recipe for success. 
But I don't know with Isaiah Simmons. I don't know if if he's going to say, oh yeah, I could do everything. I could do a little bit of this. I could do a little bit of that. You can move me around there because he seems like the type of guy who wants to wants to take everything to the max. All football players want to take everything to the max. You see it when players play through injuries. So at what point is it, okay, it's not my way or the highway and I don't have a scheme, but I'm telling you, you need to do this and this is how this is going to be done. I'm just hoping that he can strike the balance in that. I have no reason to believe that he can't. I'm just bringing up something that right now could be a problem down the road. Yeah, for sure. So the next thing that is on everybody's mind, including Jonathan Gannon's, is filling out their coordinator's position. Now, this next answer came before the decision about Vance Joseph came, so there was only questions about offensive coordinators at the press conference, but this is what he said his plan was plan was on that. We're starting to look at some different candidates and uh, looking at interviewing some people here in the next 48 hours, but I have a very specific vision of how I want to play on offense. Everything that we do will be structured around the quarterback position to maximize his skill set and we have an elite one yep an elite quarterback in Kyler Murray he made that point a couple different times let me run through just the names that have been linked to the Cardinals and then Tyler I'll give you the floor to talk about them if you want to find more information just written about this go to the Arizona sports app arizonasports.com where you can find all of Tyler's great work we also have again written by Tyler Drake Cardinals OC and DC trackers for this entire search and process because it could be a little bit overwhelming with all these kind of lower level names on the totem pole but here's what we've got so far you got Troy Walters Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers coach you got Joel Thomas New Orleans Saints running backs coach Drew Terrell Washington Commanders wide receivers coach he's actually a local guy Drew Terrell and Drew Petzing Cleveland Browns QB's coach I think we talked about Petsing last episode, but without with all those other names now out there as well being linked to the Cardinals as potentially being their next offensive coordinator, what stands out to you, Tyler? You know, for me, I think obviously the local guy, that's that's one, but I think for me it's still going to be Petsing still stands out above the rest just because what it just seems like he's got a quick come up. He's an up-and-comer. kind of reminds me of kind of a Gannon trajectory you know, he went from tight ends uh, two seasons ago to now quarterbacks this past season. So I think he's a younger guy. He can uh, mesh with Kyler, I think, a little bit. And he's a guy that knows Gannon. Gannon knows him. They worked together in Minnesota for a couple seasons. So I think that goes a long way. And I think when you're a first-year head coach, you need somebody that you know. And I think if they share the same vision, and I mean, I wouldn't doubt if they did, uh, then why not bring them on? And, and I think that's kind of the thing we're at now is bring up these guys that are up and comers and see what you got because you might have a diamond in the rough at this point. And, and that's know. that's something when you have a younger head coach, a uh, diamond in the rough in that sense, they can relate to a lot more and they can get the most out of those guys because sometimes if you're a young up and comer in an industry like you need somebody with a similar mindset in order to succeed. Sometimes you just clash on that. Now, when I initially saw Petsing linked uh, to Arizona, I was a little bit just worried because of Deshaun Watson this season, but then I had to remind myself, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson's problem. I'm not going to put that on him. Let's look at Jacoby Brissett. And 11 starts before handing the reins over to Watson, Brissett completed 64% of his throws for 2,608 yards, 12 touchdowns to 6 interceptions, scored on the ground twice. He got a lot out of Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby might even be one of those names that we get later in the offseason. 
possibly be just a little stopgap guy for the Cardinals if they decide that Colt maybe isn't the guy to give the reins to right off the bat yeah. this whole season. So I could definitely see that happening. I like that. I think that'd be that'd be solid. I mean, why not? If he's got success with them, and and yeah, I think you look at Brissett. That was I, if if he could have got a full season, that'd probably be one of his better seasons he's he's ever had in his career. So I think looking at that track record alone, that's that's a really really that's a really positive uh, you know fact that he can use to his benefit for sure. Yeah, and I want to mention uh, Joel Thomas as well, New Orleans Saints running backs coach. Been with the Saints for eight years as their running backs coach and uh, worked with Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, obviously. But a lot of that time, and you mentioned this in your tracker on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com, a lot of that time was spent with Sean Payton. And I'm not going to play the soundbite here because we are going to wrap things up rather soon, but... uh, John DeShazier was on the uh, the Wolf and Luke show today, and he talked about how he picked up a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from Sean Payton, and maybe if the Cardinals couldn't get Sean Payton, their offensive coordinator could be somebody who picked his brain for a really long yeah. time. That might not be the worst idea. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't even, I, I wasn't able to listen to that part, but yeah, that's a, that's, that's a very interesting little nugget there. Yeah, you can find that full interview while you're reading Tyler's work on the Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com. I am actually going for the record of fitting that in in the most times in five minutes. We're going to see how many more times I can fit that in there. Oh, also on the Arizona Sports app at ArizonaSports.com is your Cardinals defensive coordinator tracker. <laughs> see, I'm getting it. Demarcus Covington, New England Patriots defensive line coach, and here's the name that is reportedly, according to Albert Breer, maybe talking to Monty Asifort, Jonathan Gannon, and Michael Bidwell as we speak. Dave Borgonzi, Chicago Bears linebackers coach. It's a yeah, name that, yeah. that seems to really be gaining a lot of traction right now. What are your thoughts on these two names? So, yeah, you know, I think uh, Covington, I think his, he's got a pretty decent resume. I think Berganzi, you got to have a little flair at the end there with it. Berganzi, um, sorry, my bad. Yeah, 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 yeah get it together. Um, I'm trying. I'm too busy. I'm too busy being like Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, he's he was an interesting guy, too, just looking at him. He looks super young. Uh, definitely, definitely another one of those up-and-comers. And here's the nugget that uh, when I was on with uh, <laughs> Wolf and Luke today, actually, uh, Wolfley shared this that Petsing and uh, Berganzi were actually uh, on the same team at Harvard. Huh. So, Harvard guys, huh? Get some yeah, Harvard guys Harvard. in here. It, it uh, checks that one of those boxes off of a Jonathan Gaines. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of them. Smart. Yeah. So that's definitely an interesting little nugget. I think, uh, you know, that'd be cool. And, and I think. The fact that they moved up that Zoom, or yeah, I think it's a Zoom. So, I mean, who knows? We might we might see something tomorrow. We might see something. I I don't know if that's the case. They probably want to interview everybody else. But it sounds like he is the guy, or at least is picking up a lot of steam to be the guy. So that'll be something to watch. So in my eyes, I think it's Borgonzi and uh, and Petsing right now. Yeah, I mean, and that's crazy. There's two Zs. You have two Zs for two coordinators. Great, great names. Honestly, just just good, solid, fun names to say. Some more information on Borgonzi, as Tyler wants me to say. Uh, served in that Indianapolis Colts staff uh, from 2018 to 2020 under defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, current uh, Chicago Bears head coach, and then again and coach defensive backs in Indianapolis. While Borgonzi had the same title as he does with the Bears, so these guys have been around. They know 
know each other. That's a really big factor when it comes to building your staff. And it could come down to Gannon didn't want Vance Joseph because he really didn't know him. So if you're going with two guys on offense and defense that you're so comfortable with that you can really just focus on being the leader in the room, I'm with it. I like it. I can't sit here and pretend like I'm super familiar with either of their works as coordinators. I'm too busy watching the Arizona Cardinals this past season. I'm sorry. But just off the basic research, off the stuff that you can find that Tyler found on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. Oh, there it is. Guinness Guinness is walking in right now. They're handing me the plaque for most times fitting that in in five minutes. But... Really, it's it's not something that you want to turn your nose to because it's not that it's not important, but we can't sit up here and say we know everything about them. Really, you just have to put faith in Gannon right now. And what we're going to find out and what we don't know yet is if that faith is actually worthy to be placed in him. I think gut feelings for me, gut feelings for you, Tyler, not to speak for you, is that things are going to be okay. Things are looking a lot better than what they were looking like middle towards the end of that head coaching search. Let's just say that. I think for right now, the direction is upward. And that's all you can ask for. And as they continue to trend upwards, as we continue to get closer to the NFL draft, as the Cardinals fill out their coaching staff, and we're in the middle of February, keep up to date with everything on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. You can follow Tyler at T Drake for sports. You can follow myself at Eric Ruby. You can find my work on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7 Monday through Friday on air with Wolf and Luke and Burns and Gambo. Of course, you can follow the show at AZ Cards Corner on Twitter. That's where you can keep up with all of our podcasts of course subscribe rate five stars all of that fun stuff that we know you love doing seriously if you made it this far why not do it why not just give us that five star review i know you're looking at it right now do it i know you want to tyler deserves it he's worked really hard for this until (laughs) next time guys we hope you try to find some way to enjoy football and we'll talk to you guys when we talk to you guys